Welcome back to ASD, A New Perspective, the podcast show where we help you understand what is going on in the mind of your child, and we encourage you that growth for your child is possible. I'm Kat Lee, and indeed it is a new perspective. I visited with Dr. Gutstein, and he reminded me that in RDI, we are not teaching skills. This is a distinction we can make here between a, a compensation model where you say this is all they can do, the stuff on the right, so we'll just develop everything on the right-hand side. So we have social skills and academic skills, everything based on what we already know that you know, people with autism are going to do, regardless of what we do. <laughs> you know, they can, regardless of their brain, this is the way their brain's going to develop, this is what we're going to do, so we overcompensate. If we work on a remediation model, we're saying, no, these are the areas that need to be developed. They're not born. By the way, people with autism are not born with out of default network. They're not nobody, because nobody has this at birth. These are uh, integrated structures that, um, that evolve through experience-based, you know, through having the right experiences and thousands and thousands of experiences. The brain, the brain starts to configure in different ways. It becomes more dynamic and more integrated. Um, but it takes years. This is a, a years-long process. Um, and, you know, the, the prefrontal cortex functions to move between those different networks, to integrate them at times, to segregate them at times. So we're just doing lower-level, higher-level things. Um, and, again, that takes years and years and years to do. So the key point here is that there's no reason to think you couldn't do remediation just because people aren't doing it. Um, but, but there's been no attempt to do remediation. And even when people acknowledge these deficit areas, they try to teach them like their discrete skills, like they, you would teach somebody on, on using the right-hand side. So you function on you know, uh, te- uh, semantic memory, deductive reasoning, concept learning, all these things, information, procedural accumulation. That's the way they're teaching these things. But you can't teach these as skills because they're not skills. They're neural, they're complex neural um, network integration, right? That takes years to do. And that's the key is that you're not teaching skills, you're remediating or you're providing the means for these people to, for their brains to develop in a more neurotypical manner, to have access to this entire experience management network, which otherwise is they're going to be cut off from. And I think that gives you a whole different issue that we're not teaching skills, right? It's not about skills. It's about Right, it's about the ability of the brain to function in a way that's going to allow you to be successful in life, and that if we don't remediate early, as early as we can, obviously, although you know we, we assume the brain has plasticity, then we see what we see is the when by the time we become teenagers and adults, we see this incredible overcompensation, um, where the quote unquote high functioning people may do well academically because strangely enough, academics in our day and age only can be done with, you know, with stuff on the right hand side, <laughs> with the task control, task management network. Um, but if I fail to develop at all on that left hand side, the default network, salience network, experience control area, the profound cortex, each of those areas specifically don't develop and they don't develop any integration with one another. And so you're getting, Neurologically, then that person's going to be cut off from all these different areas of functioning. You know, time travel, global processing, just functioning, um, empathy, emotion processing, mental state awareness, contextual shifting. 
uh, intrinsic motivation, which has to do with your experiencing. Um, all of these things fail to develop. And the research back bears that out, that those are critical impairments that we see in high-functioning people with autism. They're universal. And what's interesting is they're universal both on, on both levels. We, the research demonstrates that they're universal on both a neurological level and on a mental functioning level. And of course, the other interesting thing for me is that of those that have been studied through, you know, how do we develop these things? The mind guiding relationship has been the primary means for development. Now, some of these things, no one studied how, you know, how children actually learn these things. So we don't have a one-to-one -one correspondence. When we talk about mental time travel, when we talk about mental state awareness, self-reflection, um, when we talk about empathy, emotion processing, and even contextual shifting, we have very good research that shows how that is a product of the mind-guiding relationship. Okay, so there, the areas we don't have it, it's just never been studied, but there's a clear issue here, which is that this is a, a serious neurological problem. And to me, this explains what, what it's about, that if you look at this neurologically, right, what we see is that to be able to function in the real world, you have to have both. You have to have the integration of what I call the experience control area, not what I call what researchers are called, and the task control area. They have to be able to work together. You have to be able to separate them at times when you're being more creative, when you're being, you know, just sort of thinking about yourself or, um, you know, in the case of um, just how you're feeling, you know. At times, you, you, you do separate them, and you're not always involved in tasks. You're playful sometimes, you're what we call in flow sometimes. But other times, when you're working on planning and preparing and, and learning from your experience and adapting, if you don't have the ability to integrate those two areas, you know, using procedures at times and rules at times and uh, using information that you've accumulated, but also using the products of your experience in a managed way, and you're going to fail. And what's interesting about the, the research is it's, it demonstrates that there's two things that are really interesting. One is that they show that, the neuroscientists have shown that as tasks become more complex and more dynamic, more complex and dynamic, that the brain attempts to activate both of those areas. That that's where you'll see the integration. That often in simple tasks, they, they're what we call um, anti-correlated. In other words, when task control area is activated, Usually the experience control area is deactivated. So for simple kinds of simple tasks, you know, tying your shoes, whatever, whatever, filling out forms, <laughs> right? Um, because it, it, it gets in the way, right? And sim similarly, if you're just sort of imagining things in your head, daydreaming, if you're just, you know, wondering about things in your mind, you're sort of inside your head doing stuff without a goal or being playful, the um, task area shuts off deactivates and the experience uh, management area network is you you know it becomes activated it dominates and only when both are needed do you see them the brain then winds up trying attempting to integrate them so you know that that's what we see not happening in people with autism is that and that's pretty universal they don't develop that ability and that's what dynamic intelligence is okay that's the neural equivalent of dynamic intelligence is the ability 
on a, on a dynamic basis to be able to, first of all, have each of these areas developing, right? Because each of these are networks. They're not little structures in the brain. The default network is made up of a bunch of different parts of the brain, as is the salience network, um, the dorsal attention network, when I didn't put it on the right hand side, so there's a lot of very specialized processing areas. But you know, I can only put in so much in one graphic. Um, and you know, to be able to have that access, to be able to develop that integration, and also be able to move from more integrated to more segregated states. In other words, different brain states, if you will, there's a, there's a number of brain states and people with dynamic intelligence have a larger number of brain states that they can move between and shift between and can do that dynamically based on the needs at that moment, right? They can shift between those different brain states. That's what modern neuroscience is telling us. Um, and then it makes autism very clear, high-functional autism, because high-functional autism means that you're not developing the experience management network, right? And we see that neurally very clearly from the autism neural research, and we see it from the psychological research, because these are the products. If you look at the experience management, you can see not all of them, but um, it's not complete, but look at the different products of that experience management network, right? And I just want you to imagine trying to make it in the world without these things. You know, and it's unbelievable. But what's underneath that is not that these are not skills. These are products of that neural development. Yes, they're skills too, but you, don't, you can't do them without having those years of gradually developing the brain in this manner. And so anybody who thinks they're gonna teach these a bunch of skills is out of their mind. You can't teach, you know, you can fake it. You can teach pseudo empathy. You can teach pseudo emotion processing. You can teach, you can use that right hand side. And that's what people have tried to do to, you know, to sort of overcompensate and to teach something that on the very surface looks like it. But the neural function, the neural functioning isn't there. <laughs> so it can't happen without the brain, right? It can't happen without the neurology of it. You can't happen without the brain being able to do it. So it breaks down in any kind of real world environment, right? So, you know, to me, that, that's the, the basis of what we're trying to do. And thanks for joining us for ASD, A New Perspective, the podcast show where we help you understand what is going on in the mind of your child. And we encourage you that growth for your child is possible. I'm Kat Lee. See you next time.